So my role today is to give a 20 or 25 minute synopsis of a sicha that goes on for about 15 pages. And this sicha is actually only half of the larger sicha that the Rebbe said on this subject. If you're familiar with the way the sichas worked in Tafshin and Beis, the Rebbe talked multiple times during the week, including the Fabrengen of Shabbos. And when the sichas were published and then later edited by the Rebbe, they were often merged together, two or three sichas together. So there are two separate sichas, and the second one is built on the foundation of the first. So you can imagine how large the forest is and how easy it is to lose some of the trees when you look at the entire forest. So my hope is that in being able to give you a synopsis of the sicha, we're going to be able to identify some of the important trees and not lose it for the forest. So anyone who ever delivers a sicha is going to focus specifically on the things that, are, that, that they gravitate to, that are important to them. So in my learning of the sicha, the thing that jumps out at me, which I think is most relevant to a kinus of women in general, shluchas in particular, is the element of the sicha that talks about the dira betachtonim should be not only a residence for Hashem, but a beautiful residence, a dira na'e. And the Rebbe focuses on the sicha, on the importance of making this dira beautiful, and why this is specifically the task that is primarily in the purview of a woman, and why we are now in that final stage of reaching for Mashiach, which requires this work. So with that in mind, I just want to give you a little bit of detail about the curriculum versus the sicha. The JLI curriculums in the course of this Tutals campaign have not been a curriculum on the sicha itself. So JLI is not going to produce a curriculum on the sicha. JLI has been producing a curriculum on an element that is mentioned in the sicha by giving a lot of background in the Rebbe's Torah on that aspect of the sicha, leading right up to this point in the sicha, but doesn't actually give away the whole sicha. So because the sicha talks so much about the importance of the woman's work in making Hashem's dira, a beautiful dira, JLI will focus its curriculum on the many areas in which the Rebbe talked about the role of women in a way that was frankly revolutionary compared to the way all the other G'deli Yisrael, including the former Nesiei Chabad, talked about the role of women. Even though the Rebbe always made it sound as if he was merely working off of the work the Friyadika Rebbe did, the Rebbe's work in this field was completely revolutionary. And the curriculum will focus on various areas, including the home, outside of the home, the work of shlichus, learning of Torah for women, raising children, and the impact that women have globally not only from within the home, but outside of the home. And all of this leading towards the final stage of developing this world into not only a habitat for God, but a beautiful one. So with this, I'm gonna to try to give a bit of, a, of an overview of the first half of the Sicha and then primarily focus on this aspect of Dira Noah. So in the beginning of the Sicha, well, going back to the first half of the Sicha, the Rebbe was saying that the inherent paradox of being able to turn this lower realm into a home for the Ebishta himself is an impossible one to break through on, in, under ordinary circumstances. Because either we're operating in the realm of the lower, in which case we can't make a home for the higher, or we're operating in the realm of the higher, in which case we're negating the lower. So it's sort of one of the two. It's like a blanket too short to pull up to your shoulders because you expose your feet, too short to pull down to your feet because you expose your shoulders. 
And so ultimately, the answer has always been that when Mashiach comes, the Ebeshter will demonstrate that both the finite physical and the infinite spiritual are really one and the same, emerging from the same source, Atzmos and Mohus, that created them both. But we know from Tanya and Perak Lamed Ches, the Rebbe says, that nothing happens when Mashiach comes that we don't pave the way for through our work now during the time of Gaulus. So we have to pave the way for that revelation by being able to create a home for Hashem in the lower realm that captures the Ebishter not only as he is in his home, but as he is within himself. So when we say Dira Loi Yisparich, so as he is within himself, he is so much more himself than even the way he would be within his home. So in the Sicha, the Rebbe says, there are various stages in our unfolding of this process to the point that we are able to turn this world into a home for Hashem himself. Not only Hashem as he is in this world, meaning Mimale Kolamin, a limited finite form of Elokus, but the unlimited, unfettered, and completely uh, and complete essence of the Abishta himself. So the Rebbe says there were three stages in this in recent history. The first stage ended with the histalkus of the Friedrich Rebbe on Yud Shvat Tavshin Yud Aleph. And for the purpose of the Sikha, the Rebbe is using the metaphors of 10 and 11. 10 being the highest that we could reach in within this world, and 11 being a locus that is higher than this world, or in the terminology of Tana de Belio, Antu Chad Veloy Bechushvan, you're one and you're not part of the number. You're not part of the 10. So 11 therefore represents. Hashem, as he transcends creation, 10 represents the highest that we can reach within creation. We all are familiar with this, but that's the terminology used in the Sikha. So the Rebbe says that on Yud Shvat, Shvat being the 11th month, Yud being the 10th day, at that point we completed as far as we could go with the 10 to turn it into a place that can be familiar with the 11, but it really is a 10 as, it can, as great and as complete as 10 can possibly be. Then the Rebbe says the day after, which effectively means the Rebbe's Nasius, which is Yud Aleph Shvat Tavshin Yud Aleph, which focuses completely on the 11 and almost completely misses out the 10 or covers, shadow, overshadows that 10, papers over the 10. And the Rebbe says even more so when the year shifted from Tavshin Yud to Tavshin Yud Aleph, which of course refers to the year that Rebbe accepted the Nasius formally. That's when we were able to reach the next stage where we can make a home for Hashem, not only as it is as good as we can make it, but as good as the Abishter can make it, as good as the 11 can be. But that's not sufficient. The Rebbe says that with the histalkus of the Friedrich Rebbe's daughter, specifically because women are the one bischusan, bischus the amun of Nashim Tzitkaniyas, that the Geula comes, so with the histalkus of the daughter of the Nasi Hadar starts the final stage of bringing this dichotomy together that tachtoinim, as they are, tachtoinim can become a home, a dira, for lo yizbarach, for the Ebishter himself, for the 11. So the Rebbe explains it like this. The Rebbe says, you have 10, you have 11, but then you have chafbeiz, which is 22, two times 11. Chafbeiz also was becha, becha yevarech Yisrael, becha refers to the Ebishter himself, atzmos amohus, from whom both 10 and 11 emerge. And this stage is defined by the effort of demonstrating that there is no daylight between 10 and 11. That 10 and 11 are a single continuum because they emerge from the same place from Atzmos itself. And that's a powerful thing to be able to accomplish. 
to be able to say in the terminology of Hasidus that the Yesh HaNivra is in fact the Yesho Amiti, that there is no separation, there is no contradiction, there is no conflict, there's no paradox, there's no dichotomy. It's all the same thing. And that's represented by two times 11, not 10 and 11, but 11 and 11. And yet without losing out on the Tachtoinim of the 10. And here is where we bring it into the, to the discussion of Dira versus Dira Noah. Because until now, I said things that are really hard to explain. One can put various spins on it, but they're really hard to explain. To say that up until Yud Shvat, Tov Shin Yud, we completed the world as far as we could. And then in the Rebbe's Nesias, up until Chafei Shvat, during those 38 years, we went to the point that we were living in a way that transcends the limitation of this world. We were living in the realm of 11 but somehow lost out a little bit on being able to allow the lower world, the 10, to be a home for Hashem in order to escape the limitations of this world we, and be able to visit, indulge in the infinity of 11. We had to let go of this world. Therefore, we couldn't make the world as it is in its own way, a home for Hashem. And here we begin the process of being able to turn Hashem's home completely, this world completely into a home for Hashem. It occurs to me that when the Friedrich Rebbe came to America, he said America is nicht anders. That means that all of the customs of America should be completely dismissed and we should bring the Lubavitch way of thinking into America as if it was Lubavitch. And that was literally shattering the limitations of 10 and imposing upon it the existence of 11. But the Rebbe talked a lot in Tav Shinun Beis about the importance of making a home for Hashem within the customs and the, and the attitudes of every single place, every locale, according to its distinct individual way. You go to a place, you follow its customs and make a home for Hashem within those customs. Teach Torah in their language, create programs that utilizes their culture and turn their culture and their language and their customs as finite and as worldly and as ungodly as they appear to be, make that into a home for Hashem. So when we transfer that into the discussion of Dira of, uh, of B'Tachtoinim, we start getting a better understanding of what these three stages might be about, or more specifically, the last two stages, because those are the stages that are most relevant to us, because they are the two stages of the Rebbe's Nasiyas, from Yitzhva Tavshin Yud, Till Chafbei Shvat Tavshin Memches, and then the second Shla from Chafbei Tavshin Shvat Tavshin Memches, literally until today. So the way the Rebbe defines it in the Sicha is by talking about the home. Says the Rebbe that if Chazal used the terminology of Dira, which means a home, then we have to look for inspiration from the way we set up our own homes, our physical homes. The Rebbe says there are two kinds of homes. There's the kind of home that in every way reflects the resident, the person that lives in it. There are no extras at all. There are no frilly decorations. There are no beautiful trappings. There are no pieces of art that are hanging on the wall. There are no throw pillows. There are no extra covers. Everything is streamlined and it reflects and it identifies only with the dayar, the resident, not the dira, the residence. Then, so it's a very simple home. And then there is a home that is beautified. 
It has every decoration that you might look for. It is pleasing to the eye. It is attractive. It draws you in. It makes you feel at home. It makes you feel comfortable. So the Rebbe quotes the Divrei Chazal, that Dira Noah, a beautiful home, Marchiv Daita broadens out and opens the mind of a person. And specifically, three things Chazal say that are Marchiv in Daita and that's Dira Noah, Kelim Noah, beautiful furniture, and Isha Noah. So the Rebbe says that when we say that a beautiful home is Marchiv Daita in the conventional understanding, that would be detracting from the focus on the Eibishter. If the resident here is the Eibishter and the residence is the world, then turning the residence into a physically pleasing and well-appointed beautiful residence, then that detracts from the one who resides here. It takes our focus away from the resident to create a beautiful residence. So, that would be the conventional way of understanding it. The Rebbe turned it on its head and said, absolutely not. We have, a, we have an erroneous understanding here. That understanding is only based on us seeing the residence as our home and the beauty of the residence as something that we enjoy. But if we recognize that this is the Abishter's home, then the Abishter's home must be a beautiful home. Now, what does it mean? The Abishter enjoys a throw pillow. The Abishter enjoys a nice piece of art on the wall. The point is that if we're going to turn this world into a dira lo then the beauty of this world must also be a dira lo So when we're working in the finite conventional sense where 10 and 11 are completely contradictory and there's no bridge that can combine them. So to get to 11, you must completely disavow yourself from the 10. You have to ignore it and focus exclusively on the 11. Then you would turn this world into a home that is focused exclusively on Hashem. Every item is used for a mitzvah. Every mitzvah brings more holiness and godliness in it. And you don't bother making this a physically beautiful world, an attractive world. And yet we find that he's not the fun of the mitzvah. Every mitzvah must be done in a beautiful way. If you have a shul, it must be a beautiful shul. If you're going to give a carbon, you have to give the best carbon. If you have an esrig, it must be the beautiful esrig. Why? Because Hashem's home must be a beautiful home. So once we shift away from thinking of this world as our world, as opposed to the resident, which is God, and we see that God is God's residence is this world, then we realize that this world must be a beautiful world. And this is how the Rebbe explains the last shlav, the last stage that we must work through in order to reach Mashiach. Because only in this way do we get to the point that we can feel that <clears throat> within the beauty of this physical world, we're channeling the Abishta himself, we're making a home for the Abishta himself. The Rebbe says it's reflected in the name Chaya and Mushka, because Chaya represents your life force, your personal individual life. And mushka represents the scent, the spice that creates a beautiful scent that is machsir nafshe shaladam, and scent represents the highest of the senses, sorry, smell represents the highest of the senses, scent represents the highest of the senses. So mushka and chaya are the higher and the lower. And when you bring them both together in the same name, it represents the idea that there is no daylight between the higher and the lower. So here the Rebbe brings it back to women. We see, says the Rebbe, that who is inclined to make the home beautiful? 
And who has the power to make the home beautiful? And who is the one that is inherently, inherently thrives within a framework that is beautiful? That tends to be the woman. And so indeed, a, a effective residence can be created by a man, but a beautiful, warm and enticing and inviting and attractive residence, that tends to be in the purview of the woman. And that's why for this final shlav, the women must take the lead. To create a home for Hashem that negates this world with his kafya and his apcha and focuses exclusively on Hashem, gelt is blata, or this song in Yiddish, escape men nishtan kin laitish eglikin, afka potas darfich gelt, that kind of life that was that they lived in under communism in the Soviet Union, where they got their highest completely and exclusively from Elokus, that a man can do too. But to be able to bring this world as it is with all its distractions and with all its limitations, to make that a home for Hashem and not become distracted, not allow the beautiful residence to distract us from who resides there, to make us luxuriate ourselves within this residence as if it's ours, that's something that a man is hard pressed to do. But for a woman, that is something that comes naturally. Says the Rebbe in a beautiful way, that the inherent inclination of the woman to make the Chabaros beautiful, to choose the right motif, the right colors, the right furniture, to make sure that the dinner is gourmet, that the, that the plates are china, that the presentation is beautiful. That is not just a thing that we do, a means to an end to bring the people through the door so that they can end up doing the more important thing, which is to do the mitzvah, to say the bracha. That's the old way of thinking. It's not chitzainius that leads us to the primius. In our current way of thinking, when we're in the final shlav of Dira B'tachtoinim, the Chabadah should be beautiful, the home should be beautiful. That is the key element that draws the Ebeshter into the lowest part of this world, of this physical, coarse, gashmiyastik, achumiyastik world. That the beauty is not the world's beauty, it's the Ebeshter's beauty. And here is where the woman plays the primary role. But I don't want to make it sound like the Rebbe makes the entire sicha on just beautifying the home, though this is mentioned. And it's an important thing to mention. Shluchas need to know that their passion for creating beauty in the Chabadas is not just a means to an end, something that has to be indulged because we need to do that in order to get the people through the door so they can do mitzvahs. But this is actually a key final stage in creating the Dira B'tachven. But the Rebbe goes on and brings it back to the three mitzvahs of women, which together creates the, the Rasha Tevis HaChen, which Chen again has an element of beauty. And the Rebbe explains how each of them brings beauty to the home. We understand obviously that Neir Shabbos Kodesh brings, floods the home with warmth and with beauty and with delight. And the Rebbe explains moreover that Ner represents all the mitzvahs, as it's explained in Chassidus that the 248, the Ramach mitzvahs together with Ahava and Yira, makes the total of 250, which represents what the world will look like when Mashiach comes. It'll be the light of the mitzvahs that will flood the world. So Ner has a very strong connection with bringing Mashiach in that final shlav. And then the Rebbe explains that the same thing for Kashrus, when you create a beautiful meal that gives people health and gives people strength, but it's kosher. So it develops also their spiritual beauty because it defines, it, it impacts the way we are. That also is a mitzvah that brings beauty. And finally, Tara Samishpacha creates beautiful children. Children are beautiful physically and spiritually. 
Therefore, these three mitzvahs are all part of bringing out the delight and the pleasure and the enjoyment of being in this home. And here the Rebbe makes the final, in my, in my way of understanding the Sikha, the most profound point. When we say Dira Noah and Kalim Noim is Marcheves Daito Shaladam, that sounds as if we're talking about our pleasure. And it's important that we enjoy the mitzvahs because our tainug, our pleasure, should also be a dira for Hashem. If we enjoy, if we only perform the mitzvahs without tainug, then wonderful. Our hands are a dira for Hashem, and our feet are a dira for Hashem. Maybe our minds, but our our tainug, our pleasure, our delight, is not a dira for Hashem. But they, the Rebbe brings out an even deeper point, a more profound point. The Rebbe explains that marcheves daiteshal adam represents adam ha'elyon. The Eibishter's das is, is broadened when we make a dirana'ah, both in terms of making our mitzvahs beautiful, making our home a beautiful home, and also in terms of making our, um, as, as I said, making our home a beautiful home. How is it that it brings out Because ultimately the objective of dirana'ah is not only something that's important to God, it's a taiva for Hashem. And when his taiva is fulfilled, that brings out his tainuk, his pleasure. So when we experience pleasure in our mitzvahs, it is a reflection of the pleasure the Abishta is experiencing through making this a dira And the fact that we're bringing out Hashem's tainuk, that means we're touching on atzmos that place where Mila and Mata converge. In the earlier state where we say that the Elyon can reach the Tachtain, that's just because the Elyon is bleakvul. Nothing can contain it. Nothing can hold it back. It can push its way even into the Tachtain. But if it does that, then the Tachtain is perforce somewhat negated. The focus shifts to the Elyon, to the 11 rather than the 10. But if we're reaching the essence of Hashem himself, from where Elyon and Tachtain both emerge, then we can have a dira that is not only lo yizbarech, focuses on the resident, but his presence can permeate and can saturate even the beauty of the dira itself, the residence itself. The Sikha concludes with a tzav with an instruction. What should the shluchos take away from the kinus? And the Rebbe explains that the shlucha should take away from the kinus the importance of teaching the three mitzvahs of women. And the Rebbe focuses also on children lighting Shabbos candles, little girls lighting Shabbos candles. And also the importance of the shlucha is bringing to the masses, to the women, Jewish women of the world, the great achrayas and privilege that every Jewish woman has to bring Mashiach Tzidkenu through the incredible kirchis that the Jewish woman was given. So that is the sikha. If I can sum it up in just a few sentences, the sikha says that a man can create a house for God, but a woman can create a beautiful home for God. If it's God's home, then it should be beautiful. And with that, I wrap it up. Wow, thank you.